Hi friends, welcome. We are inspired every day by conversations, connections, people, or places. I notice that most of us don't have the time or the platform to pause, think, and reflect. This is why I decided to create this space. Fulfilled is a platform that will enable us to discuss different topics, share ideas, and most importantly, connect. My name is Nabs, your host and creator of Fulfilled, the podcast. Stay tuned for today's episode. My next guest is a very, very good and dear friend of mine. When we started talking back and forth about him joining me on my podcast, we were brainstorming different ideas of what would be possible. I managed to convince him to speak about something that is incredibly personal, and I'm, I'm very grateful that we're going to talk about this. But before we do, I need to share the story of how I discovered that this was something that my very dear friend was dealing with. So I remember back in 20, I think it was 2015, I went to visit uh, my friend, his name is Ahmed uh, in Bahrain. And there was this one particular day where I just landed and we had a great day out and the time where we're going to go to bed and he told me maybe i insist that you go sleep in the bedroom and i said no 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 no. i can sleep on the sofa that's totally fine and then he said no 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 but i really 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 want you to sleep in the bed it's more comfortable and i said no no no, no. i just want to sleep on the sofa i want to watch some tv chill and then i'll just pass out your sofa is very comfortable so i managed to actually sleep on the sofa as i was drifting away i heard some footsteps in the background like a little mouse was walking and i remember that prior that day we went to um uh i think it was krispy kreme or somewhere we got some donuts because i was craving donuts and there he was i just you know i i just lift my head and i i look and ahmed was walking towards the kitchen very slowly opens the kitchen the fridge door and his, his face was shining, and then here, here he was eating these donuts. And I went up to him, and I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and he basically freaked out, and he said, no, no, nothing. I'm just having a little snack. I said, you're eating donuts at 1230 at night? That is not okay. Go back to bed. <laughs> and that's how, you know, this, this, this realization came to me. And I said, okay, well, something like this exists. And I'm actually very proud of, of, of Ahmed for, for where he's reached since that since that time where I kind of realized that this was an issue. So Ahmad Alaskar, welcome to the podcast. I'm super, super excited to have you today. How are you? Hi, Habibi. I am good. And I really try not to laugh because this is... <laughs> it was, this... I mean, it, it was a funny story, it must be said, and it's something that is going to probably haunt uh... you for life. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and and Nabi is being extra nice by saying that he said, "What are you doing?" He literally held my hand. He's like, "Drop it, drop it, <laughs> drop it now!" And I was petrified. I'm like, "It's just a donut," but it's true. It's I think uh, a symbol of 
my lifelong struggle with food and my relationship with food and how, uh, where I was and where I am now. So thank you for that very, very warm introduction, Nabi. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ahmed. And, you know, all jokes aside, I, I do know that it's, it is a funny story, but it's also something that you've been dealing with your entire life. And uh, can you please walk us through your journey with, with food and your relationship with food over the years from an early age? Um, of course. Um, I would say the earliest memory I have were, was when I was in the fourth grade. And I remember I've, I've always been a very tall kid. I'm a bigger guy and you know that. And I was in the fourth grade at school and they weighed us in and I was, I think, four or five kilograms over the average of what was stated in the class. And the teacher at that time said, it's all right, Ahmed, it's just because you are taller than everyone else. So it's expected that you will have more weight on you. This is nothing on you. And that's probably the earliest memory of of a, a scale personally because scales for me are not an easy uh i don't like scales basically i don't like to weigh myself and i didn't realize that till probably a couple of years back so it started mm. then and growing up in jordan being taller than usual not the most uh comfortable guy in his skin um i think i used food as a tool to to deal with my emotions, with my insecurities, with, um, you know, pressures of society and family and, and friendships. And right. yeah, and I think then going into my 20s and how life kind of unfolded for me, uh, being in a situation where I had to take care of my father for so many years, it just seemed as if my own health and well-being always took a side kind of step towards the other priorities in my life. I've always mm. seen dietitians, I've lost weight and I've gained weight, but I've always done it from the perspective of here's a meal plan, whether it's prepared for you or you prepare it for yourself. And eventually if you just follow this plan, you're going to lose the weight. And I have lost the weight, but I've always gained it back. Right. Um, but Ahmed, yeah. I, I, I just want to kind of stop you for a minute. And I, I wanted to go back to your, the earlier stage of your life. Now, how does, how does, when you say emotional eating, is this, I just want to understand it better. Is it, is it you going into a binge episode where you just, you know, stuff your face with food to feel better about yourself? Or how, how does that work exactly? So... I think the easiest way for me to kind of explain this is thinking of it as uh, a safety net. So if I learned something in my 30s, it was in order to enjoy life, you have to experience it fully. And that means that you need to experience the dynamic range of emotions from sadness to anger to happiness to depression to everything that we go through. And... At some point, there was a trigger in my life where I did not want to deal with those emotions. And I wasn't taught that there are other ways to deal with those emotions than eating food. So mm. food acted as, um, and, and I mentioned a safety net, because it kind of cushioned the blow of whatever emotional state I was in. And it's usually, for me, it's usually negative emotions, not positive emotions. So things mm. like feeling lonely or feeling sad or feeling angry 
the minute that that feeling hits me, in order to not feel it, I would go and I eat something. And that process of eating the food softens the blow and makes it feel a little bit better. It's kind of like putting a, a cushion on something hard and then sitting on it. And it feels kind of more comfortable because you don't feel the, the, in, the intensity of the emotion itself. Right. But, it's but as, as you are eating, hang on, as you are eating, are you conscious? No, the that's the point. No, no, no. So the whole thing about emotional eating, in my opinion, and I am in no way, shape or form someone who has studied this. It's just my own personal experience. It's about being unconscious when you eat because consciousness brings to, to, to the table the fact that you're not hungry and you're mm. eating to, to literally stop yourself from feeling something else. And I love that you mentioned consciousness because consciousness is the solution, at least it, it was in my case, to stop this emotional binge of eating till you're excessively full and you're not able to, think, to, to feel something else. And I think this is also a very important part of the formula, which is eating to the extent where you are so full that you're not able to process something else. Oh, wow. So basically, when, when an emotional eater eats, they're not necessarily hungry. They're just covering an emotion. So it's, it's more psychological than it is, you know, based on a survival mode where you want to eat something, to, you know, to be fulfilled. Yeah, and I think there, there could be a survival instinct in it if you're someone who... Um, uh, if you're not someone who manages their food properly or in a way that um, you allow yourself to get extra hungry, that's another part of emotional eating where you need to eat and you're at a hunger level that's very, very, very low and you don't allow yourself enough time to uh, feel that you're full. So putting that aside, you're absolutely right. It's about not feeling the feeling and softening mm. the blow and basically numbing yourself in a way because you are temporarily satiated by that positive feeling if it's, if it's something sugary that you crave or if it's something salty and eventually reaching the point for me where I was excessively full and I couldn't think about anything else. Right. And as, as okay, so going back to these, um, to, to those periods in your life, the earlier stage in your life, were you conscious that what you were doing was wrong towards your body? Or was it something that you just knew how to do, you were comfortable to do it, and you, you just weren't conscious of how that was affecting you? So I would say there is consciousness and there is uh, knowing. I knew mm. it wasn't good for me, but I did not understand what those words meant. And I think when I say understand, what I mean is I did not appreciate myself in a way where I would say, doing this to your body is detrimental to your own well-being and you deserve better. Oh, wow. That's, that's something that we, we will definitely discuss shortly. So... When it came to you realize, when, like how old were you, would you say, when you realized that you needed to have an intervention when it came to your, because this is a behavior, right? Like it's, it's something, it's more psychological associated with behavior. It's like a bad habit where, where mm. you're doing something, you know it's wrong, you know you shouldn't be doing it. But then how and when, did you have like a, 
a low moment where you realize, okay, I really need to stop this? Um, I think when I started therapy consistently, because I've had therapy in my 20s, but it wasn't consistent. But starting therapy in my early 30s, early to mid 30s, I realized that there is value in who I am. And oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a big one. It is. Part of that realization was also looking at other aspects of my life because part of what you learn in therapy are coping mechanisms. And I realized indirectly because I didn't go to therapy for my eating disorder, if I can call it an eating disorder. I went to therapy because I was facing uh, issues in other areas of my life. But I realized that therapy, part of it is about, okay, once you realize what you're uh, dealing with is what alternative healthier um, behaviors you can employ to deal with those emotions whenever they hit you. And mm. that basically um, raised the question of, all right, so I definitely have an unhealthy relationship with food. I've always knew that, but I never looked at it from this angle where it is a coping mechanism. And mm. if there's anything I've learned from those coping mechanisms is if you take one away, you have to replace it with something else. Mm. And I didn't know how to take it away. And that was, I would say, the moment that made me realize. And then a conversation with a very, very good friend of mine in Bahrain, um, she was seeing this therapist that dealt with the, in, basically in what she calls intuitive eating and uh, conscious eating as well. And I decided just to send her a message on Instagram. And that started the whole process of me changing, as you call it, the intervention, uh, my relationship with food. Oh, wow. That's, that's very interesting. And when, when you started this, the, the would you say that therapy was the main kind of, where are you now? Like, I'm curious to see, where are you now with your relationship with food? So... I would, I would tell you where I was in order to elaborate where I am now. Um, I was used to restricting certain types of food because they were bad foods. So I classified foods as good and bad. Mm -hmm. And I looked at food from um, a mathematical perspective. This is how much uh, in terms of the weight or the size or the calorie count or the fat content I'm going to eat within a day, regardless of what my body told me. And I wasn't listening to what I and my body needed. This was mm. where I started and where I am now. And again, I am in no way, shape or form in, uh, done with this, but it's, uh, I believe it's the biggest struggle of my life. But where I am now is I actually listen to my body. I eat when I'm hungry and I stop when I'm full. And I do not... And I, and I really do want to emphasize this, do not stop myself from eating anything I want. I used to be someone who couldn't have a jar of Nutella because I would eat the whole jar in a day. And now I have oh, wow. Nutella in my cupboard and it stays there and I might have it. And I actually had like this other brand, this, you know, more natural type of ingredient brand in my cupboard and yeah. I had to throw it away because I, I didn't finish it. And that for me is kind of the... The, the change of where I was, someone who ate unconsciously, and where I am now, where I listen to my body and what it needs. And I look at food more critically. I look at protein, fat, carb content, and I try to 
incorporate those in a way that makes food enjoyable. It's never right, about but, calorie but, counting or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's all great. But what, what I want to understand from this conversation is what was the trigger, the psychological trigger for someone out there who is dealing with, you know, emotional eating? What is the psychological trigger that you can advise someone to focus on or the step that they should take? Is it therapy or is it something that just clicks in your head where you realize, okay, this is where I need to, what, this, this is what I need to do and this is how I, how I will do it. Okay, so I'm not a licensed therapist. So this is just based on experience, based on experience. <laughs> um, I was bullshitting myself, Nabi, honestly. Mm. And mm. I think therapists, at least from my experience, what therapy is, is a very objective, very honest sounding board that knows what questions to ask. So if, if it's, it's not that everyone needs to go to therapy, but that was what, what, what triggered it for me. But I think just sitting, you know, between you and yourself, if you're unhappy about, I'm not going to say wait, if you're unhappy about your relationship with food, just be honest with you, with yourself and ask yourself the question of where does my responsibility lie when it comes to my own well-being and what I put in my mouth? Because mm-hmm. that is, at the end of the day, we can, and I love this, and Sam, our mutual friend, says this all the time. He says, you can always blame others but there comes a point where it becomes your responsibility to fix it. And oh, that, that was it for me. It's not going to be fixed. Nobody's going to give me a solution other than the solution that I'm going to come up with myself or use from the tools that are available around me and do the work and fix it. And mm. it's just, you know, be, be honest with yourself and don't bullshit yourself because this is, this is you. You deserve to be taken care of by you. Mm, wow, that's very powerful. That is very powerful. And Thank you. so, so you, you do feel that you are, you know, in this stage in your life now where you are more conscious. I, I want to kind of keep on stressing on the word conscious because I feel that there's a lot of consciousness when it comes to eating. I mean, I'm someone who has been living a relatively healthy lifestyle my, my whole life. And I feel that when it comes to food, it's, you know, it's a relationship that you have with the food and with yourself and just saying, I'm not going to eat carbs today because carbs are not good to eat excessively. I'm not going to eat this because this is bad for me. I'm not. So it's, it's very important to kind of identify and understand what is it that is good for you and what is that, what is it that is not good for you? And that's actually partially educational as well. I love that you mentioned this. Um, so when I met uh, my nutritionist Rawan in Bahrain, I've never actually met her in person. It was all online because it was during COVID. And then I moved to Sydney and we continued to, to, to Skype every week. Um, we would do a session every week for an hour. She never gave me a program to follow in the year and a half that we spoke. What I used to do is write every single meal that I've had within that week the hunger level at the beginning of the meal, the fullness level at the end of the meal, and the emotions that was triggered before, during, or after eating that meal. And 
um, after going through the emotions, which was probably the first phase of maybe a couple of months, I started to understand what are the kind of the, the currents that underline my, my emotional eating and unconscious eating. And then we started to introduce what you mentioned, which is education. And Rawan would literally prepare slides for me and we would spend 30 minutes talking about what carbs are and what are proteins and fats and what is a glycemic index and why is it important to mix, um, uh, let's say, carbs and fat and protein together in certain patterns and why are vegetables good for us? And what do vegetables bring to us and why are fruits good for us? And so it was basically basic education that you would assume someone yeah. would get in grade six. Um, I know that you were taught in outside of Jordan and I, I was in school in Jordan. I was never taught this. Um, it was an education. I looked at everything that I ate literally in a for, I think I have 55 or 60 weeks of food diaries. Every oh, wow. single meal, we would walk through it. And this takes time. It takes facing what you, what you, facing, you know, the McDonald's meals and the pizzas and. Of course. The tubs of ice cream. And then slowly and very lovingly introducing new stuff and never shaming what you do uh, is, is, is a very ex- exhaustive process, but a very productive process as well. So basically understanding your own relationship with food by looking at actual evidence of what you've eaten, never judging this and just treating this as a learning experience and introducing proper nutritional knowledge into, mm. into, the, the, into the, the process is actually what worked for me. And uh, I stopped weighing myself. I do not know how much I weigh. I know that I've lost weight. I have accepted the fact that it took me 18, 17, 20 years, I don't know, to gain the weight. It's going to take me a a number of years to lose it. Um, A couple of weeks back, we had a health check at the office. And uh, part of what needs to be checked was our waist measurement. And Mm. I was surprised and kind of taken aback because I know that this is a trigger for me. But I remember that me and Rowan agreed at, um, I think a couple of months back, just to do a measurement to see where my waist was. And also at the beginning of our working relationship together, we did also waist measurements. And I realized that I've lost 12 centimeters from my waist without even thinking about the weight and the measurement. The results. It's what, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. I just shifted focus and I said, I want to take care of myself. And then it started to happen very slowly, but, it, but it's happening. Exactly. And this is something that I always tell my clients when it comes to weight loss. Weight loss is a journey. It is. It really is. And it's all about having a sustainable lifestyle. And I don't know if, if, if you will agree with me on this point, but I, I personally hate the word diet. When someone says, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a diet for a month and I'm going to lose 20 kgs in a month. I always say, you're crazy. Like, you should never do that because guess what? If you don't switch that little plug in your head, that's going to tell you, okay, weight loss is not about you starving yourself for a month and going back to square one because guess what? You will gain the, the weight back. It's about you sustaining, keeping that weight off and sustaining a healthy lifestyle by eating the right things and perhaps just giving yourself a cheat meal once a week. 
But do you agree with me on this point in terms of weight loss and diets? Um, not specifically. And I'll tell you what I mean. Tell uh, me. For me. For me, diets do not work. I don't believe in diets. Mm. Having said that, if there is something that I've learned during you know, working on, on, on my relationship with food is that the thing that doesn't work is to demonize whatever behavior that you're doing. And, mm. and even through therapy, even through therapy, I remember the first day that I went to my therapist and I said, I am doing this. I don't want to do this. And I had an Excel sheet and I had specific outcomes that I wanted to come out of the therapy session with. And mm. at the end of the session, she told me, I want to put a pin in this and we don't, don't have to talk about this now. I want us to reach a stage where we look at this behavior and we say, it's okay if I want to do it. It's okay if I don't want to do it. I only want to have this behavior in my life if it adds value. So mm. it's about re removing judgment. And, and I don't disagree with the fact that diets do not work. At least for me, they don't. Probably for some people, statistically at least, for pe some people they do. What I disagree with is, is the judgment because everyone's going to go through their own journey. And I think the best thing that we can do, and I know that you do this very well, is just share your own experience and your own journey in life. And then if they're at a point in time where they're receptive, they're going to listen and maybe take some things out of it. But, but if they're not, they're not going to listen. They're not going to True. take anything from you. So as long as we remove judgment and you just share, you know what? I understand that this is what you want, what, what you want to do. Uh, I just feel like sharing my own experience with you. This is what I've done and it, it worked for me. I know that diets work for some people and I hope it does work for you. However, it wasn't my cup of tea. And, mm. you know, you've seen the results. This is who I am. And if it's something you want to try, I'm more than happy to help you out. You know, true. And this, this, this is bringing me to my, the next thing that I'm thinking about, which is self-acceptance and self-love. How important is that particular factor in this equation? Okay. So there's this meme um, that says something to the extent of, I wish I was as fat as the first time I thought I was fat. Oh, no, and it's, that's a good one. <laughs> and it's just um, because, you know, you start to gain, it's like five kilos and then it's 10 and it's 15, 20, whatever it is. Um, I hated how I looked. I absolutely despised everything about my looks. And um, I wouldn't pass by a mirror and look because it gave me anxiety. When I used to go to the pool in 1996, I remember when the pool opened in Nadi Ahli, and we, we used to go to the pool. I used to put the plastic chair just next to the pool so that I take off my shirt and dive immediately into the water so that nobody sees me. That is how much con self-conscious I was when it comes to how I look. Now, I think of myself as someone who's good looking. There are people who are you know, more good looking than I am. I, there are people that are not, not as handsome as I am. And they have other things that, that work for them. And that is fine. Mm. I'm just and an the, the one thing, uh, uh, the one thing, I mm. mean, it's interesting you're saying this because when, and this is something I always tell you, like whenever we go to like swim, we've done that a few times together. 
I always yeah. feel that you're very confident in your own skin. I feel that you're very accepting of who you are and noticed at all that you were actually self-aware uh, when you were at a younger age. But I think everyone was at some point, you know, but yeah. I don't understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I understand. I think, and again, I, I know that um, I have, like, I know that people find it offensive, but I have no problem saying that I'm fat because I, in my, in my own, I'm, I'm not, I will never tell someone that they're fat because I know how sensitive that word is. But for me, if someone comes to me and says, you're fat, I know I'm fat. That is just a fact. It doesn't have any emotional uh, attachment to me now. Um, and, 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 I, and I say that because when I take off my shirt and I'm swimming, I have, you know, extra weight on my body but I am never going to make that stop me from enjoying my life. Never, Bravo. Ever, Good ever, on you. I'm never. so proud of you. Like for saying that, own it. Do you think of that course. do you think that there's like um, more social acceptance now? Like you see, you know, artists like Izzy or Lizzie or whatever her name is like literally Lizzo, yeah. owning it. Lizzo. And, you know, they're big and they're proud and they're just happy and comfortable in their own skin. Do you think that the world has shifted in a way where it's more accepting toward, towards bigger people? I think so in a way, yes. I don't think it's enough. I think it's, 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 it's getting there where, you know, you have more representation. And I think representation mm. in media is so important so that if in the case of Lizzo, young girls who have extra weight on their bodies do not think that because they don't see in, you know, popular culture figures that look like their own figure, that they feel like they're hidden. Uh, same thing for boys. And just, you know, more representation means more acceptance. At the same time, you know, just go into one of those videos that she posts on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook and read through the comments and you'll realize how horrible some human beings are when it comes mm. to their views of, you know, being um, a bigger person. Definitely, yes, I can see that there's um, more education and more acceptance. Uh, does that mean that we should not strive to be healthier? I think personally that we should, but that's a personal opinion of mine that only applies to me. If someone else is 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 happy staying in their size and and doing their own thing, then all I I, I want them to do the, just that because that's their own journey and they own it. It's um, it's definitely a much better place than where we were as kids. And me and you are the same yeah. age, and we know how we grew yeah. up. So I would say yes, it's a, it's a, it's a more accepting world right now, but we can do more definitely. Definitely. And it always starts with, you know, with something. I think acceptance always comes. It starts somewhere and then it eventually becomes, it, it becomes less of, a, of an issue and it becomes more of a normality. Um, all right. So to wrap this up, for those mm. listening to this podcast today, someone who's out there, who's dealing with this, what would you actually know? Before I wrap this up, I have another thing that I want to ask you, actually, that just popped in my head. <laughs> Okay. If you would have the chance to look at mm. your seven-year-old self that was so insecure and so, you know, not comfortable in their own skin, what would you have to say to that person? 
Mm. I feel it's like, the, um, <laughs> you know, just before the finale in RuPaul. Yeah. So <laughs> they showed him the pictures. Yeah, uh, that's they, literally what, what about... crossed my mind. <laughs> um, I just, I think, tell myself, my, my younger self and say, you know what, it's going to be all right. It's okay. I know that you feel uh, sometimes ostracized and different and uh, you don't blend in. Just know that that's exactly why everyone's going to love you when you love yourself. Wow. Powerful. Just like everything you say, always come, you always come with the right words. <laughs> so, <laughs> on a, no, I, I wouldn't expect anything less from you. So on a final note, is there anything that you would like to advise people out there that are dealing with emotional eating? What would you like to tell the audience? Um, I don't know if I am in a place to advise, but I'll just say, um, if you feel like you've had enough, just have a, you know, a heart to heart with yourself and say, um, maybe it's time that I ask for help. And, um, yeah, I think just, you know, have that honest conversation with yourself and say, maybe I need to do something differently. Mm. And mm. it's just the smallest, maybe it's the smallest of differences. Honestly, it's, it's literally taking that one, one, and I know that's such a cliche to say, just taking that one step towards what you want is usually the hardest thing. Because the minute that yeah. you start doing that, you, 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 you realize um, that everything else starts to unravel for you. Fall into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just that first step. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I have a feeling we're going to have many more to come on different topics. <laughs> thank you thank for your you. time and for, you know, for just giving us this kind of honest and humble experience about yourself. I really appreciate it. And I hope that it helps people out there listening. Thank you so much for the time. And I can't wait to see you soon. We haven't seen each other in many years. Thank you for this platform. I think it's lovely. And I hope this helps someone else. Thank you. Likewise. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Naps, and you have been listening to Fulfilled, the podcast. Join me next week for another Fulfilled conversation. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening.